The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Despite what their moms told them, they just aren't talented enough for radio. Unfortunately, anyone can have a show these days. Sean. Well, I'm pretty hard to figure out sometimes. I can't even figure myself out sometimes, so don't you try to. Joe. You're an idiot. And really, a disloyal person. This is the Cuse Militia. Those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. It's the most bullshit thing I've seen in 30 years. Welcome, orange men and ladies. Happy Thursday. This is the Cuse Militia with Sean and Joe. At Cuse Militia on the socials. Go there, join the militia. Syracuse gives up 14 threes to Clemson in a 91-73 loss on the road. Uh, The orange struggle defensively down the stretch. You'll hear from us, and we'll hear from you in fan feedback. And with three games left, Syracuse takes to the road again uh, before they finish off their last two at home. They're going to face Pitt, looking for a little, even the score, some redemption, if you will. Saturday at 5 o'clock, we will revisit the Panthers and give you our thoughts on all that. And Joe's back. Welcome back, Joe. Hey. Hey. Quick story. Well, I mean, it's not really a story. So I was, I was, I went solo last time. I had some serious issues with the green room, but you know, it goes to figure because the green room was looking good and Joe was in there. So he couldn't make it live in his normal setting, but he would have been able to get on the green room, which would have been fun. And um, everything failed. It was not a good day. I, I didn't let Joe know I was going. I decided to go late because it was either we, I was going to go late or we probably weren't going to be able to go. So anyways, that's why we did yeah. that. But And I had to move a hot tub and I had 45 minute drive out, 40, or, you know, and back. Um, and on the way back, I saw a notification and I was like, oh, well, I didn't know Sean was doing a show. Let me uh, pop in here. Maybe I can do something. And it was nothing but radio silence. So I have. So I can't. Well, I could. I could do a, a another dry run before today, but I figured I'll just wait. So what happened was is it told me I didn't have internet connection, which obviously I did because I could see people in there and things <laughs> right. like that. So that's why I was like, I was so confused. But anyway, it is what it is. Right. Um, so um, Syracuse, they, they, they lose again. But it's not just a, a a loss, though. I mean, they've gotten they've gotten run out of the arena in the past two games, and you know what does that mean for going for the to finish off the year? It's just you know, for me. I, I mean, last night there was like nine minutes left, and I'm like, I got to sit here and watch the last nine minutes of this game. I can't shut it off. All the while knowing that know. there is actually enough time to come back. You know there's you enough time knew. to come back, but you could just tell the trend of the game was just not going to be one of those games. Right. But they, they made a valiant effort, speaking of Pitt, against Pitt, 
earlier this year, so anything could happen, but you know, three offensive had a rebounds. Bunch of valiant efforts. Yeah, well, valiant efforts don't count at the end of the day. Oh, uh, if they don't get you W's, they don't. Correct. Right. Um three offensive rebounds for Clemson to start the game, finished off with a three in their first bucket, and kind of set the trend, I feel like, for the game. Syracuse never led. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll just, I'm just going to go ahead and say it too. Ever since coach was called out nationally for giving some kid crap, uh, via press conference, these have been extremely boring. So thanks to all of you who ruined that for everybody. Just one more <laughs> thing that was ruined this year. So thanks. You've turned, you've turned coach boring. It's the last, it's the last thing we needed was boring press conferences. And I'm so no, I'll take a boring press upsetting. conference if we're winning. I'll take a boring press conference if we're winning, I suppose. But it's always there's always something, there's always a tidbit, there's always something we throw into these montages that make them a little bit entertaining. These aren't yeah. entertaining, guys. They're not, they're not entertaining to say the least. And losing doesn't help, but we're gonna do it anyway. Let's hear what coach had to say following the loss. Really played well. They got off to a really good start. Tyson, we gave him some open shots, and you know, he he makes those shots. Our defense was just not good early. Um, offensively, we had trouble getting Jesse in position, and he had trouble doing anything in there. Uh, really, Judah had a big game, and that kept us within some reason for a while. But um, they just much better than us they're very difficult to beat here anyway and uh, i think they're really good i think they got a really good team um they just got off lost a couple games early in the year but they're a much better team now for sure and uh we just didn't react well defensively tonight yeah we all have to play better i don't think it's one guy i think uh i think it's really everybody i think you know, I mean, one time a forward didn't come up, one time the guard didn't drop. Um, it was no one guy. It was no one position. It was really everybody. You know, our defense just was nowhere near good enough. I mean, we're not a great team. We know that. But we were 93 and we beat NC State. They're pretty good. We moved one spot. <laughs> you know, and they're up in the 30s too, which is surprising but um the leagues that are doing well have started out well and their nets are good and now when they play a team they're playing a team with a low net so if you win you move up if you lose you stay the same you don't lose ground and uh, we have too many teams with high net and same thing happened last year basically it's not not new um and then the teams played well in the tournament well, I think they're just being physical with him. That's all. I think they're just going to push him out, and he has trouble trying to get to the basket from there. His last couple of bu- buckets came from just rolling to the basket, and we got the ball up on the rim, and he got a couple dunk tips and moving to the basket. That's where he's effective, rolling down, and he's not that effective when you throw him the ball. We threw him the ball against Duke. He just is too far outside. He's 10, 15 feet. He cannot score from out there. You know, again, these guys are freshmen. Um, 
I knew this was not going to be that easy, and they've struggled, and they've had some moments where they've been good, both of them, but we haven't been able to get any consistency out of those guys, and uh, really, we haven't gotten any consistency from anybody except the two guards. They've been as good as you could ask them to be this year from the beginning. And Jesse's defense and rebounding has been good. He's struggled scoring a little bit the last two games, but we need to get something more out of the forward position to to get that extra guy. It's not, you know, you, you can't do it with three. You need to have five. And the forwards don't have to score a lot, but they have to score. But again, point-wise, you know, we just played two good defensive teams. And our defense was not even what you what I would call fair. It was awful. And so we're going to have to play. We're playing a really good offensive team Saturday, who's also a good defensive team, and we're going to have to play better defense. That's the bottom line. All right, so, I mean, if you kind of look at the last two games, in my opinion, I feel like there's a lot of similarities. Now, now, Coach went on to say some things about Jesse. That was Jesse who was talking about getting pushed out and being out too yeah. far and, that, and all that. Sorry, I didn't um, – the context wasn't in there. But the, uh, the reporters were extremely hard to hear, so I just figured I'd let you all know what the hell that was about. So um, – Jesse was stopped again, obviously. Coach went on to say during that little, um, during that uh, answer to that question about Jesse, that they, he didn't think he was getting double teamed much. I saw him getting double teamed. I thought, and coach, coach says that. Now I second guess myself. I, nah, I felt I like mean, not, not as much as Duke. Okay, not as much as Duke. All right, fair I mean, enough. But it wasn't even big guys though either. They had some. They had some smaller no, guys in there that were. PJ Hall is a big dude, and he was pushing him out. You know, I think that realistically, my thing is, is that you have to find different ways. You got you to be creative to find ways to get Jesse open. Now, he's got to be a little bit creative, too. Now, Clemson, they, they came out of the gate hot. And um, it, it was it wasn't even a contest from the beginning. It was it was ugly from the start. Um, there was another big run, uh, I think a 16 to two run or something in the first half. Uh, Clemson's been extremely good at home this year. I think they've only lost one ACC game at home. And, you know, it leads us to you know, take away Jesse again. Same thing against Duke. It leads to hero ball. And you got, you know, one guy dribbling around. And, you know, Joe was moving a little bit. But you got, like, at least three other guys kind of standing there. And it's just it's just a sad, it's a sad thing to watch. And Coach talked about, I mean, look, they scored 73 points. It's not terrible. I think they average around 75 a game, okay? But what could have been with the past two games because of the amount of shots they got up, which led to all the freaking rebounds, we are, what, out-rebounded by 27 in the last two games and 13 against Duke. And was that right? 13 against Duke. Well, no, 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 no. Well, I'm I sorry. See. It's 23. 23 this game and, and 13 last game. So the 27, that's how many threes have been hit against us the last two games. So, yep. <laughs> so uh, you know, that's, that's not something we, we've seen a lot this year because Syracuse is not terrible from the floor, and they've been connecting, but they've been able to be really efficient on the inside with Jesse. So that leads to all of this, this iso ball, uh, and it just looks like there's no plan B. And unless there's a plan B, there's, what you see is what you get. It's going to be hero ball from 
Joe and Judah. And again, you know, I thought Joe did a good job against Duke. You thought maybe he was going to just bring us back into this game on his back, but it didn't happen. This game, you thought Judah was going to put us on his back. He had three threes in a row. I think he's hit five in a row. Six. Six in a row? Okay. Uh All right. So six in a row in the last two games. And as Judah develops this jump shot of his, which was the only weakness that I feel like the kid had. That's yeah, a little, I mean, he had some long twos too. Exactly. And some tough shots too. So that leads us to wonder like, where's his stock going? And what's this look like next year? When at the beginning know. to the middle of the year, we're thinking, you know, we got Judah for another year. You know, he's got some things to work on. Well, all of a sudden he's going off. Uh, but to my point, you know, he tried putting this team on his back just like kind of Joe did against Duke. But nonetheless, one-dimensional when Jesse's taken out of the game. Never led. There's a lot of garbage shots. You know, Quadir Copeland, God bless him. Uh, you know, he did have a fast break layup, and that was great. But, you know, there's some sloppy shots <laughs> uh, beyond that. And um, I just, I don't know, yep. man. I just feel like they looked Threes from Benny lost. Williams. The Benny Williams threes. He missed three in a row. Yeah, they want you to make to take that shot. Yes, you know, exactly. so I mean, realistically, when you look at it, it's even the percentages of shooting wasn't really that off. You know, you look at they had eight more shots than us, and it's you know you look at the the offensive rebounds. I mean, they I rebounded us by ten, but they had twelve offensive rebounds. So, um, this oh was, right, this is three the in the first three in the first offensive set. Yeah, this was a defensive of game. You know, we we just didn't play good defense. And uh, when it came to the offense, as you alluded to, out of 27 shots that we made, we had nine assists. Out of 34 shots they made, they had 28 assists. Which so, was a which is a it was a Brownell record, by the way. Yeah. So you know, when you look at it, they just they moved the ball around. It's it's at the point, and we hit a point. Probably, and I don't want to say every year because when you're we're good and we're going to the tournament and we're getting better, then you know you sky's the limit because we continue to get better. But uh, even in a situation like last year, I think that we hit a point where we were like, okay, we know what this team is and what they can do, um, and what needs to happen for them to win. And that's kind of where we're at with this with this team. Um, you know, you have your two starting forwards who, albeit didn't play the most minutes from forwards, I mean, they had a combined twelve points. Five rebounds and one block. Um, and again, like I said, you can't allow the other team to make double-digit three-pointers, 14 of them, and still shoot 52% from you know, the two-pointer. So um, overall, our 2-3 zone just didn't bother. They moved the ball around with ease. They scored in different areas um, all over the place. You know, we, we didn't have the, our rotations. We weren't making our rotations, and it was it was evident. So, yeah, I mean... It was ugly all around. The only reason we even scored 73 points, 41 points in the second half is probably because they were up so much, you know, that there was some lapses in defense and they even, you know, sat a bunch of their starters. Um, you know, the bench guys got a bunch of minutes as well. So, um, you know, it's, the, it's the, tough. The points in the paint during that, during that three-game run were high 30s, low 40s. And 26 this game and crap. I have it. I have it. Hold on. I have it. Um, it's 26 this game and twenty two last game. So 
again, I mean, it shows, right? And it's no surprise, but that's that's where we're getting killed. That's the problem. Um, Clemson with 19 points off of the 11 Syracuse turnovers. So that's really efficient uh, um, for Clemson. And, and Clemson coming off of a 1-4 and four stint in their, in their last five games, and they had to have this one. Obviously, they couldn't lose to Syracuse at home as far as – their net rankings go and their and where they stand according mm-hmm. to you know what's going on with the tournament and things like that and you know they feel like they still need to prove some things so um, they came out and they they showed that they wanted it more I just it wasn't an effort thing that's not what I'm saying but what I'm saying is is they they were way more prepared for Syracuse than Syracuse was for Clemson yeah well I mean and again like what I said is it's a situation where teams know how to beat us they have the game plan and if they can make it work with their personnel then they're going to do it i mean on offense you you double jesse you're aggressive with them you keep them out of away from the basket as, as much as you possibly can and you know you obviously you put your best defender on joe and really judah i mean you let judah be judah right because what are you going to do with that i mean i don't i haven't seen anybody that can really stop him so trying to make a game plan around him just let him do what he's going to do, but he's not going to beat you by himself, you know, and everybody else just needs to hit shots. So, I mean, realistically, we need the other guys, like you said, like the Malik Browns, Chris Bells, you know, Benny Williams of the world to be able to hit shots, to be able to break them out of the offense that they're playing. And, and honestly, too, there's a lot of standing around, a lot of standing around um, yeah, if you're not those three guys. Right. Yeah. So, Absolutely. um and then, and then when it comes to offense, they've they've also seen how they can move it around. I mean, if you have the personnel to score down low, which, again, Clemson did, uh, get some rebounds, and then you can kick it out into good three-point shooters, then they hit their shots, then, yeah, I mean, that's going to be tough. And we've seen uh, a lot of teams get a lot of open shots against us. Um, and we've been lucky in some games to see some of those teams not hit those open shots. And, and we've actually won some of those games. But the last two, it's, it's been ugly because you've had two teams that have the personnel to play defense the way you need to play defense against us to stop us and play offense the way that you need to play offense to beat us. And, um, yeah, um, the problem is that the next team we're playing does too. Yeah, the next team we're playing is pretty damn good this year. Uh, coach got to change something. Yeah, you got to have a plan B. Um Coach, you know, said it's not. He, you know, he blamed everybody, you know. But by by this point in the season, I I feel like I we should all expect um, some better play, um, some more prepared basketball. And look, I know these things happen. These are two good teams, but you're playing for your season right now. Like you got to do, you just got to do better. And I don't know. Well, it's I mean, just frustrating as a, it, from the fan perspective to sit here and just just be like, okay, well, we knew we knew what they needed to do, and they didn't do it. And then it comes down to, well, they need to get a couple. And we need to go to the AC tournament and, and make a run. But dude, I just my my faith in that, like mathematically, obviously, I know it's possible. Anything's possible. I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer, but I mean, I have eyes, and yeah, I just I'm not I'm not seeing it. Do you figure it out this quick? You know, I mean, I just don't think so. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You don't know. <laughs> no, you, you don't. Even but see little like sparks. I, I mean, know, Torrance, a... uh, Torrance had Samir Torrance had four assists in ten minutes, and he had he led the team with assists. You yeah. know what I mean? I just think that we kind of lack there's, a point there's... guard. I think Judah Mintz is still dealing with the transition of combo guard to point guard, and um, yeah, I mean, there's still things. I don't I don't know how you fix it. 
I guess is at this point. Unless you completely drastically change and we're better at a bunch of stuff or we surprise some teams, it's tough. But I think that we've passed the point of, you know, we win the next three games and then oh, we're past I mean, all that. I, we're at yeah. the, we're at the I mean we're at the point where we need to win the ACC tournament to <laughs> yeah. um I, I agree to, to go to, into the NCAA yeah. tournament. And to be perfectly honest with you, from what I'm hearing right now, we're not even in the NC or in the NIT tournament. Oh well, that would be just glorious. Um, all right, so a couple of things, Joe, and I want to get your thoughts on something that I said um, in the last episode. But first, I'm going to just finish up this montage here. Now, what Coach was saying about the net was is that it's hard to move up when you're low. So in other words, if you have a bad non-conference, which we've had the past two years, it's really hard to move up in the net. When you're low, you can move down. When you're high, you can move up, but it's harder to move down, right? So, you know, that puts everybody that's below, I'd say, 50-ish, 50 to 60-ish, puts everybody in that range in kind of a bad spot. And above that range, it's really, really hard to blow it. Um, Even once you get to, you know, full-blown conference play. And I'm not sure how all that's done, but I I can say that, you know, Coach is right about the NC State move. You know, we beat NC State, and we moved up one spot in the net. And I'm like, well, this is – at this rate, it's going to take – it's going to take 40 wins to make a difference. You know what I'm saying? And right. NC State was pretty good. So, like, I don't understand that myself. And, you know, I we've talked and, you know, Joe, you've talked about how it's flawed in other ways. And I feel like it's the best gauge we have. But I, I just feel like so much is depending on what your non-conference schedule is like. It's you could, It's easily manipulated through that. It could be at some point, you know, if you do it right. So, right. you know what I'm well, saying? Well, I mean, then again, this this alludes to exactly what Jim Beheim was talking about with the Big Ten, right? When he said that they sucked, right? I mean, <clears throat> you have Yeah, last year we destroyed them last year in the tournament. Well, you have, I mean, you have the Big Ten that got nine or ten teams in, and like we talked about it before, you know, two, two teams got to the second Oopsie. weekend, and they both lost the Sweet 16 game. Meanwhile, we had five teams that got in, three made to the Elite Eight. So, um, again, it's huge. Well, and this yeah. year, this year, realistically, I mean, you have the Big 12, which has kind of in, fallen into the same type of situation. Um, don't get me wrong. Big 12 has great teams, without a doubt. Um, but they have five teams in their conference, and right now nine of them are in the tournament. Sorry, did I say yeah, ten teams in, the, in their conference? Nine of them are in the tournament right, right now. Yeah. And even – down to a West Virginia or a Texas Tech. West Virginia is five, and this is pretty much the example, right? So right now you have six teams in the Big 12 that are in the top 25. Three are in the top 10. Four are in the top 15. Um, You look at their their schedule, and everybody plays everybody twice, and West Virginia, Texas Tech, they're both five and 10 in the conference. They're both 16 and 12 overall, just like us. And currently right now in the net, West Virginia is 26th, mm. and Texas Tech is 49th, and they're both currently in the tournament. So that's a perfect example of you know exactly what Jim Beheim's talking about. 
you know, but because I mean, West Virginia, they're four and 10 in quad one chances. And that's what they're talking about is all these teams are ranked so high because they start the yeah. season off with their non-conference. Yeah. Yeah. They have all these so you opportunities. Can, you can manipulate your, your quad one or your, your quad one attempts or, or opportunities can be totally manipulated by some, by your opponent's non-conference schedule. And, right, exactly. and playing cupcakes or whatever, right? Right. And so, I mean, again, West Virginia, another example. Like I said, 26 in the net. Right now, currently, they are 4-10 and 10 in quad one, 4-2 in quad two, and then there's 2-0 and 0 in quad three and 6-0 and 0 in quad four. So they haven't even played a lot of quad three, quad four games because... Because their conference is... Everybody in their conference, other than Oklahoma... And they're all playing each other, so... And they're all they're, playing each other twice, exactly. Yeah. So they don't move. So they don't move. They don't go anywhere. When you lose and you're playing you're playing high high net teams, then you a loss isn't going to hurt you. And and that's 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 a huge flaw in the in the system. And if and I wish Jim Beheim would have been a little bit more articulate about that and would have went on a, a better rant about it. Um, because I think... It probably needs to have the spotlight put on it to some extent, but you know what? Just play the game then. You know, I mean, there's just you know, look, we've talked about it all year, so I'm not gonna we're not gonna do it again. But aren't are the the two losses in the non conference for us have haunted us? First of all, it did it last year. It haunted us all last year, and it's haunting us all this year. It put us in a hole going into ACC play right from the get go, and we have not been able to do anything. And the win against NC State, no movement in, in that. Shows that. So, yeah. Well, I mean, and, and just to even look at it too, Oklahoma, who is last in the Big 12 right now, 13 and 5 overall. They had 15 opportunities for quad one games, another seven for quad two, and they are currently 77th in the net. So they're 13 and 15, and they're ahead of us. And there's not one team in the Big 12 that haven't had at least, what is that, 13 quad one games. Clemson's 75th. Internet. Yeah, you know Clemson's a good team. They mm-hmm. had some. They put themselves in a hole early too. They had some bad losses early. Yeah. So. Yep. Like I said, to put that in perspective, we're zero seven in quad one. We've had seven quad one opportunities, and that's all we're going to have because we don't have another one on the the schedule unless we run into one in the ACC tournament. So seven, right? Mm-hmm. And in the ACC overall, what do we got? Eleven. Eleven I mean, is you the can, most. You can really Miami, have... Florida has had eleven quad one chances. The worst, the least amount of quad one chances in the Big Twelve is thirteen games. I mean, let's just, just, just. This is a total one. I mean, this is just me randomly picking a team because I saw sixteen and O, sixteen and O, in quad four games. Four and O. This is Oral Roberts. Four and O in quad three games. One and O in quad two, and O and four in quad one. They have won one game out of quad twos and quad ones, and they're 43rd. Mm -hmm. But they're 21 and four, but they're playing 16 quad four games so far this year. That's that's so bad. That's so skewed. It's not even funny. Right. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you could go, you could have, you could make an argument for a lot of these teams in here. There's a lot of 10 and 0 teams, a couple 10 and 0 teams that I just scrolled past. In the quad in the quad four range, um, Liberty I think is fourteen and zero in quad four. So they're not. Yeah, forty fifth. Yeah, where are they? Forty fifth. So what yeah. did, what did they play all together as far as quad one? So twelve. Three. 
0-3. and 1-1. Oh, so as well, they've won one out of um, six, or excuse me, one out of five games in quad one and two, and they're 14 know in quad four. Look at quad, College of Charleston. They're 52. They're 0-1 in quad one, 2-0 in quad two, 8-2 in quad three, 15-0 in quad four. Yeah. They're 52nd. It's skewed based upon how many wins. If you have a lot of wins, then you're going to be up there. And then obviously, well, the non-conference on, put them up there right from the get, anyway. Right, probably. Right. I mean, I'm not even looking at it, and that's probably no, it is. Okay, it's definitely what it is. Iona, same thing. I mean, Iona in the MAC, they're 0 and 1 in quad one, 0 and 2 in quad two, 8 and 3 in quad three, 12 and 1 in quad four. They're 68th at 20 and seven. Yeah, and let's go just for chits and giggles. I mean, you mean to tell me Iona is a better team than Syracuse than Clemson? You know, I mean, Clemson's mm-hmm. three and three in quad one, three and one in quad two. So four out of ten. Um, yep. A lot of Mountain West teams up there. Um, and they're eight and two in quad Bradley, four, six and two Sam in quad Houston. three. So anyways, you, you guys can, if you Google NCAA net rankings, it'll bring you right here. Uh, you can't search it, but you can scroll through it and um, take a look for yourselves. Mm-hmm. But you know, all of the good things I said about the net system, I think it has a lot of good, but it's way more <laughs> flawed than than I gave it, uh, didn't give it credit for, I should say, I guess. Way more flawed. Yeah. Non-conference sets the table. Yeah, it's unfortunate. So I guess what we need to do is get some cupcakes lined up next year and get our net up there and just say, screw it. throw everything at that and and uh roll but again you know a couple of those losses for us in non-conference play were because of an inexperienced young team that didn't had not meshed much together played much together and so you can chalk it up to that and and still say that we should have won them there's no doubt about that that that's that's an absolute legit argument but well that's the and that's what he's talking about right is you can have these big 12 teams that okay you come out, you're maybe more talented than your non-conference, right? But then maybe you guys aren't getting better, but you play all these tough teams and you end up not moving, not going anywhere. Meanwhile, just because a young team lost a couple, you know, early games, puts them in a hole. So so much so that it's and then they're playing right. they're playing in a good conference, right? And it's you know you're going to have the struggles of, of yeah. an ACC. So conference. how do you make it to where? I mean, yes, I get that it's a resume. I think, but it, how do you make it to where at the end of the year the best teams are in the tournament? Well, they don't go off of the net to get in the tournament, but I think it is a gauge. It has become oh, it's a gauge. It's become a gauge uh, along with everything else, but it's definitely become a gauge. And don't and then this isn't me saying that like Syracuse is like a tournament team, but we're better than what we were earlier. You know what I mean? We're not a hundred and eighth in in the country as far as this net ranking goes. You know? Yeah, it's, I think we're outside too? of the tournament, but like, yeah, I don't think that it's that that it's that bad, right? But I, I, I think, would think that's but fair. I do believe that there are better teams that make the NIT. Look, there's better teams and there's teams in the NIT every year Guys. that probably are good enough to be in the NCAA tournament over some other teams, but because of the beginning of the year and what they did in the resume, you know, they, they, they Syracuse dropped nine spots losing to Clemson at Clemson. Yeah. 
That that's a <laughs> but they went up one spot when they beat NC State. And NC State was I don't remember what they were at the time. I think coach said 30 something. I don't know if 30 something. Yeah, okay. they were. Okay. Um, yeah, we said it here, but I don't remember. I don't write that stuff down. So, anyways, I just thought it was an interest, interesting point. It's a good conversation. I, I knew we could probably play around with it a little bit and take a look. But, um, you know, I do love the net. I really do love the net. I do. That something else has got to be it's got to be worked out. Something's got to be weighed different. Not just in the non-conference, but maybe um, in the um, maybe with the quad four. Maybe maybe that should that number should be lower. You know, I understand. You know, if you look at how it's done, and I'm not going to run through it, but a quad four home game starts at 161. And maybe 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 you maybe you crunch this into less than that. You know what I'm saying, Joe? Right. Like if you're away, a quad four games a two forty one. You know what I mean? I think there should be maybe some some less weight as far as the ranking, but more weight as far as maybe eliminating so many of those kind of games. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's the problem with not having the transparency of exactly what constitutes getting into the tournament, right? Yeah. And then they bring in these, it's, these net a lot rankings in the quad system, and there's going to be unintentional consequences, and you're going to have to tweak it. And that's, I guess, my thing is is that needs to be fixed. It's a it's, it's a good it's a good it's a good process. It's a good thing to look at, you know. But at the end of the day, like what Beheim says is they pointed out that there are some things that, you know, there's some discrepancies there. And, you know, it's just, it's not perfect. Let's tweak it. Let's figure out what it is. Yeah, and I don't know the answer. I don't even know if my idea makes great sense. But to to weigh the quad fours less on the good end and just winning quad four games should not move you or keep you anywhere, is what I'm saying. And in my, my the reasoning, I think, to fix it is to reduce the discrepancy from quad three to quad four, you know, make quad fours worth almost nothing in the win, but don't make them so low either. Quad four games ranked two forty one. We're never going to play a quad four away game in the ACC. No, you know what I'm saying? No, it's, but I mean, I think what he's saying is like the net rankings are basically they're The table is set through the nine conference. Right. It, it, that's my point. That's my point. So these guys, that's what I'm saying, because that's these guys that are playing the cupcakes in the in the um, non-conference play are getting placed so high because they're just winning games. So winning right. a, winning a quad four game shouldn't be worth. It should be worth less to some extent. In however the however they they do the the whatever the formula is for placement, because obviously it's a, that's what it is. I mean, there's not just people going on. Oh, well, they lost to Clemson. No, there's analytics to it that have to figure it out. There has to be a formula. We don't know it, but there has to be a formula. It's not just human hands putting putting teams where they think they need to be based on who they played because of where they last were in the net. Like it has to be set, and then there has to be movement based on formula somehow. So there's a flaw in it. And that's that's just it is what it is. I don't know how to fix it, but weighing quad four wins ex, you know, way less is a start because you know that's what a lot of these teams do in the non conference. So um all right. 
It's frustrating. I'm just I'm just frustrated. But um, <laughs> as far as the game goes, the, Syracuse got to do better. Like Coach said, they need to play defense better. I think they need to. I think that's the 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 offense needs to be better too. Like I know we scored almost the average of what we score, but the offense is was is not good. You know, there's it's just you can't just have two guys running an offense while everybody watches. It's not a spectator sport when you're on the court. So it's got to be. There's not a, it's not a team effort with Syracuse right now. They have to learn how to play with it as a team a little bit better. And when Jesse's not in there, you, A, like Joe said, need to figure out how to do it, plan B, or you've got to do something with the four guys you got. And you can talk about Benny, well, Chris, who's hit kind of a wall, Malik, who's hit kind of a wall. You know, Benny scored, what, nine points? But still, coach says that he thinks he's the best option. I'm just, I haven't seen much or enough from Benny to believe that's true, but when we are looking at Chris and we're looking at Malik lately too, I'm scratching my head with Malik especially. Um, so it's just they got to they've they've got to figure out offensively too. Obviously, there's a problem with the defense, um, but 27 threes in the last two games, you're never gonna win. Giving that up, no. You know what I'm saying? So all right, all right. I, I I may regret this, but it's time to hear from you. It's time to hear from you, the loud mouths from the loud house. What's up, everybody? You go, you guys know what to do at the end of every game. We ask for your thoughts on that game. You leave them on the socials at Cuse Militia. We talk about them here. I'm sure this is going to be great. Um, which reminds me as well. Uh, if Look, so um, many listen and don't aren't on social media. Many are on social media and don't listen. Some do both. Some are only on Facebook. Some are only on Twitter. Um, when, oh, you, when you... <laughs> You're not going to do this, eh? All right. When you... Right. When you unfo- when you unfollow someone on Twitter, there's no need to announce it because no one cares. Okay, no one cares. I'm not going to come be- begging for your follow. I don't care who follows. I don't care if I had ten followers or ten thousand followers. It doesn't matter to me. Uh, I-, I don't lose sleep over it. Some people feel like if they say they unfollow you, that it's going to affect you in some way. Honestly, it does affect me in some way. It makes me laugh. Because I feel like you think I care. And I don't know you from a ham sandwich. And you don't know me from a ham sandwich. So let's let bygones be bygones. And if you don't like something I don't say, you can either keep, keep scrolling or unfollow me and just do it quietly. And not announce it. Because But then they wouldn't no get their cares. rocks off, buddy. <laughs> because no one That's cares. the whole point, all right? And at the same time, this isn't Sean saying that he doesn't care about anybody. No, I do not care if people unfollow me. I don't care. No, you don't. We've we've lost. Don't don't make it sound like you don't care about the people that follow us as well and listen. I care about our listeners. I do, um, unless they DM me and threaten me that they're not gonna listen if I don't bow to some ridiculous <laughs> demand of theirs. Yeah, yeah. So in which case I will politely decline, and um, 
at the end of the day, guys, right. look, let me tell you a little story. I'm old enough to remember when we used to have sponsors every episode. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't think they just disappeared because we lost listeners. Cause it's not what, that's not what happened. Um, there was a couple of things around that time that happened and they involved tweets. They involved things. I said, if I wanted people to follow, listen, sponsor the show, I wouldn't say those things. I still say those things. So either I'm stupid or I don't care. And maybe it's a little bit of both. It's mostly because I don't care. And I'm going to say what I'm going to say because we're not beholden to anybody on here. And if I think something's funny, which is mostly what it is, it's mostly me thinking I'm funny, which I'm not always. Right, Joe? Joe knows firsthand that I think I'm really funny. I laugh at my own jokes oh, yeah. type thing all the time, right? Yeah. So, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. so um, <laughs> but, you know, it is who I am. And I don't, I'm not going to um, bow to the, to, the, to the Twitter lords. Um, you can shove it, okay? And I actually have a lot more to say about that, about people who have unfollowed us, but I don't know if today's the day. No, it's not. Let's put it this way. Oh, man. No, today's not the day. Today's not the day? Okay. <laughs> All right, fine. Um, that day's coming, though. I'm telling you right now. I'm getting fed there up. There you go, David. I'm getting fed up, and the day's coming. All right. It's a great filler episode right there. Right? It is, well, the rant has got to be David Durant. By the way, if you're not in the green room, get in the green room. Download the app, the Spotify Live app. Download it. Sign up. With, all it takes is a username, an email address, and a password. Sign up. Follow us at Cuse Militia. And sign up for notifications when we go live. You can hear it. And sometimes it's not great, but it's always decent. Especially if there's people there. And uh, we love the we love the... We love being in the room. If, you know, if this thing was around a while ago, we would have had a whole lot of fun. We found, try to find all sorts of creative ways to do this, but this is at the absolute best. So they've got something going with the Spotify Live green room. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Fire Dino Babers says, all right, all right, let's get drunk. Well, okay. I just figured I'd mention that because this says Fire Dino Babers. Um, at Ed Konecki, Konecki, I'm embarrassed to be an SU fan. At Tim Marinka, ran out of thoughts a long time ago. All right, here's one that's got some meat to it. At Andrew V 1993, embarrassing. We've been the same for the last three seasons. We don't run anything on offense besides high ball screens. I don't even want to mention the wonderful zone we stay in while teams pick us apart. Just embarrassing. Now, Joe, this was kind of the topic, I think, of the game, and that is why don't we try something else defensively when the zone is obviously not working? So I will say this, is that first first of all, okay, like my grandpa would say, wait a minute, first of all, um, the zone hasn't been terrible this year, but it's been when it's been bad, it's been bad, and it was a rotation thing. And obviously, shooters have been getting open. I mean, Duke was like, it was like practice session for Duke. It was so bad. So I do, I do think there needs to be, there needs to be a plan B. Like I said earlier in the show, um, I don't know what the answer is on defense. I'm not a coach, Joe. But obviously, we tried some one-on-one stuff this year. And even with guys who have played it, 
it didn't seem like it was working that great. Is that fair to say? Maybe, it, maybe, maybe you can make the argument just to play uh, devil's advocate here. You could make the argument that, well, nothing was really working great this year. The two, three might have been working better, but it was still early in the season. And we, we maybe if we seen the man to man through, we could be better defensively right now. What do you say to that, Joe? I mean, I just, it's tough because this goes back to the argument that we had where it comes down to, I mean, fans trying to pressure coaches into something that, I mean, I'm assuming the coaches, if if playing man-to-man was a good option, then I feel like they'd do it. I just don't But when the team was new like, was the last time they tried it. You understand my point, right? So everything was bad then. The man-to-man was bad. The 2-3 zone was bad, but the 2-3 zone was better than man-to-man. So my point is is that if they saw it through or still sprinkled it in and, and, and had it in their back pocket as a tool, it could be better right now. And you would have another option. You would be more broad defensively than you are now when you're pigeonholed with the zone. And when people learn how to pick it apart, that's, that's it. And if you're hot shooting, that's it. Yeah. Well, the problem, and and that's where the that's where the that's where the assists come from. That's well, I mean, we so we are young, and he always is going to bring that up, right? But it comes down to: Did you recruit for the zone, or you know? I mean, I'm sure a lot of these guys played man to man in high school, right? right? right. So if they played man to man in high school, and you tried to play man to man in college, and it didn't work, and he, he recruits to the two three zone and the size of that kind of stuff, then I mean. Why would you go against what you recruit? I mean, I'm just playing devil's advocate in that side, too. I just feel like it's asinine for me to think that somebody in that that t- like position of being a coach, that if you had a more viable option, then you wouldn't use it. And that's just my logical thinking of it. As a fan, you know, you're like, oh, this isn't working. Change, change, change. Well, I mean, if the coaches already know that the change isn't going to help and that we can't do it, then why are they going to change and do it? Just to what appease the fans? Well, they wouldn't change point? and they wouldn't change to appease the fans. I don't I don't I'm just I'm just thinking like I'm just presenting you a hypothetical like just just, you know, I mean, I think the hypothetical really is is that throughout his career, he's been able to take the two three zone and mold and it, it and change right. it and okay. move and All right, change well, that's your the, answer, then. the rotations, right? So yeah, yeah. I mean, so that's that's what you're supposed to be. That's what he's traditionally done in game, is you change the rotations, you figure out what they're doing, and it just seems like these guys can't make the rotations, but. I mean, that's that's just it. I mean, I think that if if he thought that it was going to make any type of difference, then he'd do it. And he would be dumb not to. So I know there's some fans out there that think that he's just got an ego and isn't going to change and wants to prove a point with the 2-3 zone and all this other stuff. But I just, to me, it's like if you really know that it's something you can do, then you would do it. No, I mean, I would, unless, I would agree Unless this coaching staff is really, really way worse than we actually thought. Well, I don't think the coaching staff is bad. I will say the preparation for the for at least the Clemson game, okay, it was not. It was subpar, and that is coaching. I just don't think they were ready for for that at all. And Clemson I, coming off specific of, players just aren't ready. Period. I think that's a good argument to make too. But again, you know, I think it. To be fair, I mean, I'm, you know, I think it's fair to say that there's definitely some coaching aspects to the season that that 
in last season as well. Right. That I think, you know, there's some things that need to be fixed. I just think, I mean, again, I think it's more or less a, an older coach who knows one way to do it. I mean, we've yeah, seen it. Yeah, I know, right? exactly. It's like my We've old seen it. We, we got yeah. six recruits. We're struggling. Florida State, they brought in six recruits. They didn't hit the transfer portal. They're struggling. Duke had the number one recruiting class, and they're struggling more than they normally do. Now, I think that they're going to be a problem come tournament time, and I think they're starting to figure it out, but that's the number one recruiting class. So yeah, it's yeah. just a, it's a different it's a different day and age. I mean, I guess the question it, probably when you look back at it, like the what question we, is, is that you probably shouldn't have taken six freshmen. You probably should have taken four and gotten two transfers that could come in and actually fill the roles and spots that you needed. They got because realistically, what we need right now, I don't think the players we have on our roster can do or are not ready for. Not to say that they won't be ready in the future, but. That's it. This might just be a lesson learned. When you get this many spots open, you don't take six f- recruits, six freshmen from high school. You take three or four, and then you fill the rest with transfers that fill your roles that you need. So, I mean, if we had a three guard that was six, seven, six, eight, that could that was had experience and could do all these things that we need them to do, then it would be a different. It would be a different season. Imagine if there was a Cole Swider over there playing the three. Completely different season. Oh, I know, and that's why we talked a lot about that at the end of last year. That's why I talked a lot about that anyway. I mean, right. I, kn- I knew that, that he was going to be able to be a big contributor. Like, the, yeah. the three the three problem disappears. Like, yeah. there isn't a problem. Yeah, I don't think that this recruiting class is bad, but you could have took one it's of Justin bad. Taylor or Chris Bell, Here's, don't take Peter Carey, and you get a couple transfers, and this team's probably different. I don't know it's how just long a different the, day and age. I don't know how long the transfer portal stays like this. I guess it's inevitable that it stays here for some amount of time. For Well, it's going to stay forever like this because it's a one-time transfer rule now, but it will slow down. The, 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 the options inside the portal will dwindle down. Uh, once the COVID year is done and all of this stuff works itself out, this will this will work itself out as well. And um, the the transfer portal will always be a tool for coaches to be able to build a team. But what it does when you've got teams like Pitt, Miami, um, these teams that have got really a, a lot of um, seniority on their team and they've been in the portal and they've done this, it leaves recruits for people to pick up. And I think one of the problems that we have this year is that we do have a lot of good players and they just you just can't play them all all the time and it's been taking a long time to develop a few of them. We got we are forward heavy and it's just taken a long time to develop these guys and they just, you know, you can't just split minutes and I think that coach is having a hard time because he's got so many options. I mean, I think he's got more options right now than he's ever had. And I just feel like that. And you don't know which one's going to show don't, up. You exactly. That's part of it. And the other part of it is that what's going to be the best matchup? Matchups in basketball are everything. And you just—it's hard to tell um, what you got and by this point in the season. I feel like there'd be some kind of hold on it, but—and that's a coaching issue. And I'm not a coach, so I'm not going to sit here and criticize it. But I will say that he's had more options now than he's ever had, and I just think that there's. So many different combinations. Like we saw it the past two games. Like some of the combinations he threw out there were just atrocious. I mean, let's be honest. You know, um, I mean, he's throwing darts blindly. Ex- you know, exactly. And they're throwing shots at the rim blindly. Almost. It's just. It was. It just got sloppy during that stint. Where we're making a lot of making a lot of substitutions and trying some things. It just became, to me, 
sloppy and it showed offensively. And, the, and I understand that defense is a problem last night, but offensively, I was not impressed either. And there's just some, there's a lot to figure out there. At Renegade Pumpkin on Twitter, I saw a lot of good things tonight. Oh, wait, no, I'm not even going to bother with this, by the way. Once again, I didn't proofread all these. Um, at, I got to reading ahead of where I was talking, and I'm like, yeah, this is pointless. Uh, at you could imagine with the with it starting like that, right? At B Nags one, every time they pull me back and get blown out back to back with Pitt on Saturday, thank God the NBA All Star break is over tomorrow. Okay, that was another negative one. I gotcha. Um, the uh, embarrassing. We had a game tonight. Team assist twenty nine to nine. Last game seven. Um, team assist twenty nine to nine. Okay, last game seven team assists. Well, that that is a point to my point about the offense. They just don't move the ball. It's a lot of hero ball. And when you talk about Clemson, okay, they had 20 assists. And Duke had a bunch, too. And I had like 24 or something like that. That is that is product of the way we play defense, too. Because you move the ball, you just and you, and you get people ball chasing, and you collapse the zone, and then you're left with a shot. So there's there are a lot of times, if it comes down to attempts, I think it would be fair to say it comes down to attempts and how you're shooting to see how many assists you get because the ball is always getting passed around because it's just, that's how you have to do it. If you, especially if you want to shoot from the outside, is that fair to say, Joe? Yeah. Um, I really am looking for something good at MF Brightside. It would be fine time to retire at your last home game celebrating 20 years since your last title. Thanks for the memories. So this brings me to what I was talking about or what I mentioned in the, uh, in the last episode when you weren't here, John, I'd love to get your thoughts. So I, I think coach is on his way out willingly on his way out. I think that the game and he's realizing it is surpassing him. And to some extent, okay, I think that's, that's fair to say. And I would say that it's either going to be this year or next year, Joe. What, what do you think the likelihood of, of that would be? Because you're not going to find out. And I'm sorry, you won't. Find, we won't find out. It's not going to do. He's not going to do this big grand tour, retirement tour like Coach K did, where everybody's no. got to everybody's got to bow to him all year and give him presents. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be something that's going to be announced after the season. So, what do you, what are your thoughts on that? Oh God. I mean, it's, he knows what the deal is. You know, he's talked about the reasons why other coaches have left. And, you know, I think that he is. I think he shares those sentiments though. That's my, that's my thought. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's a lot of it. I think it's not even more or less like the state of college basketball and how everything is now, but even like, I mean, you got to think about just the world and everything and how everything was when he started coaching to where it is now, you know? And, just, you know, like you said, to the point where, like, he gets he gets thrown out. It's just through the mud, you know, through, you know. Dragged through the mud the, for the some media comments. and everything and, yeah. just for being himself right. and, um, you know, being old school. And 
you know, now it turns him into somebody who's not, he's not himself. He can't be himself this right. day and age. And right. yeah, that's a good point. I think, you know, at the end of the day, I think that he's, he's, that's eventually going to probably push him out sooner rather than later. Yeah. Without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, I still don't think this year's the year. Well, what about next year? Because I said it's either going to be this year or next no, year. No, I could see a situation where he wants to see it through. I think he wants to go on top. I don't think he, he wants to retire not making the tournament or anything like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, this year I'd look at this offseason, especially considering there's probably going to be some transfers. We only got one recruit coming in. A you know, if Was he, that a if center? He can get, yeah. I'm sorry. Right. Yeah. No, you're good. If Judah, if he can get Judah to come back, then I think that he'll probably coach one more year. And um, then call it quits. But, you know, obviously, you know, it's up to him. You know, um, you got to figure out things to keep you busy like Coach K has and, and stuff like that. But I can't imagine the state of college basketball and even the state of, you know, the media right now is just everything that he has to deal with is just it's just not what he's used to. So I can't see. I mean, it's almost at a point where he's getting pushed out. Right. Like the people that think like him and are old school and everything like that, there's not a place for, for, for that, for those type of people anymore, those type of coaches. Um, when and you, that's really what it feels like to me, not only to the fans, but even, even, even media as well. Um, you know, we live in a day where it's, you know, it's what it's just, it's, I need instant gratification, instant gratification all the time, instant gratification through social media, through everything I need, I need, you know, to be validated in my thoughts and all these other things. And, you know, it's just, it's a lot, it's a lot on somebody. And as much as I know he says that he doesn't hear or doesn't listen to it or doesn't look at it. Um, it's impossible nowadays not to. So it's overall just tough, man. I, I think so. And, you know, when you're a student at SU and you're a student reporter and you go into a press conference and you, get to ask Bayham a question and he tears you apart. I mean, let's, first of all, he didn't tear him apart. He did not. He said he, you, no. look, you look snarky or you, I don't like your attitude or something like that because he made a face, okay? Big, Some of the big tweets, freaking deal. Yeah. Who cares? Why is this a national story? Why is this on ACC Network? Who cares? Are we? Is that right. where we are? Is that how soft we've gotten? If you're a student reporter, you know exactly what you're walking into when you ask any question. Was it a legit question? Yes, it was a legit question. It was. He didn't want to answer it. He didn't want to answer it. It was after a loss, and he was irritated. Just like any other human being that would have been in the same situation, you can say what you want, but that's my thoughts. Like, who cares? Like, be thankful. First of all, that kid got was on ESPN. That kid was on ACC Network. That kid was in uh, on social media, in paper, and yep. on yep. Uh, and the articles were all over the place. And he was made it, to like, look like the victim, right? Like. Like, does, does, was it that bad for him? Was it really that bad for him? If, if I could go in and ask Jim Beheim one stupid question and got tore apart for it, I'd come home with a smile on my face. Okay? Who cares? <laughs> I mean, seriously. And the question wasn't stupid, but I'm just saying, to get that kind of reaction, I, I think the question was legit. And I think Coach acknowledged that, but, you know... In the moment, it's a different thing. But anyways, we're, we're, it'd be great to have Waterboy in the Spotify green room right now, <laughs> because some <laughs> of those true. tweets, man. Uh, what in the D in the DM that he showed us? Remember? Oh yes, 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 yes. Shall remain remain nameless. But 
And, yeah. you know, you know, I think, um, man, we've talked a lot about this and this is going, this show is going in a whole nother direction right now, but we've talked a lot about, um, you know, especially like in football, um, well, and in recruits in general, like the mentality and the entitlement, I think has gotten more and more. And I think NIL is going to make that worse and worse, but, um, you know, like you said, you've got an old school guy with old school ways. And he's growing increasingly, you know, the older you get, the more impatient you are. And the, and the less the less likely you are to put up with BS. Right, Joe? I mean, yeah. you're getting old, right? So yeah. I'm sure you've you dealt with crap way. for you've seven years. You've dealt with it. Yeah, you've I mean, proved yourself. You are Jim Beheim. You're already in the Hall of Fame. Played the game. Who cares? Yep. Who cares? Anyway, I digress. Where were we? Let's go over to Facebook. Let's try Facebook. <laughs> Greg. Clemson got like five offensive rebounds on one possession in the opening minutes. That was the canary in the coal mine for how the game would end. Um, I was still optimistic for quite some time. Syracuse always does that to you when they go on a, a little bit of a run. But, yeah, I mean, the first first or second offensive possession for Clemson, excuse me, was was uh, of three offensive rebounds and in a, in a, ended with a three-pointer. But... Um, that's frustrating. Steve, embarrassment, poor all the way around, not re- not prepared for this game. I totally agree with that. I, I just don't think, Joe, like I said, I just don't think they were prepared. And mm, coming not off for a, a team that's trying to play in a tournament. No. Yeah, I mean, it's just you didn't and show Clemson it. at home doing the same thing. Clemson's Clemson's feels like they're playing to get in the tournament, sitting 70-something. No, that's what something. I'm saying. Yeah. And they just had a bad loss against Louisville. So, I mean, they went to home where they played well. They played well at home. One loss all season. Um, you know, they're well, playing for their tournament. I think three losses, but one ACC loss. Either way, they're playing for the yeah. tournament. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, top fan. Finally, we get a top fan in here. And, of course, it's Dominic. Only the second time I shut a game off before it was over because I was frustrated. Mm. That's a tough one. Tough one. Top commentator, whatever the hell Sorry, that no. means, but I'm going to give you the old cheer. John. Didn't catch it, but the box score doesn't seem as lopsided as the score in game where, as the score in game were. What exactly happened? Well, John, I'm not going to explain it to you, but if you listen, you know by now. Um, <laughs> so, I'm not going to go over all that again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do you want us to start over? Uh, let's see. Top fan, Dave. Not David from from our beloved green room, but just Dave. Just Dave. No no extras. 95% hmm. of the people want him to keep coaching. Just ask him. See? Why did I read that? All right, let's do this one. <laughs> let's know. do this one. Our buddy Jesse, top fan Jesse. On Facebook, Clemson. Clemson's good. This was a tough game on the road. I would argue Joe and Edwards' freshman year was worse also, Battle's freshman year was NIT. Will be good next year. Coach isn't the problem. Neither is um, coach isn't the problem. Neither is the zone. We've had a top thirty defense like ten out of the last fifteen years. Rookie mistakes account for at least three or four losses. Yeah, I mean there was a couple. I mean I'm not going to name names, but there is a couple that we've 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 talked about on the show. 
on uh, the waning minutes of a game that were that were lost by rookies. In no, I mean, I mean, it was Judah. It, yeah, you can name the name. I mean, it's not anything crazy. He's gotten better. He's matured. He's hitting shots. I mean, he was a freshman that got put in a spot and he didn't make the right play a couple times, but that was just two. There was definitely two. I don't know if there was more than that. There's two that stick out to me. Um, but yet he was the best player on the floor last night. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think Joe was the game before that against Duke. I mean, Judah's consistent, though. That's the thing. It's like you know what you're going to get every game with Judah. I've said that before. You know what you're going to get every game with him. And um, with Joe, you don't. Right? But, right. but Joe is Joe. So, anyway. Top fan, Nadal. He says gross. I, I want to go back to, 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 to Jesse's comment real quick, though, because he always breaks out the stats. And, um, you know, it's always what have you done for me lately, okay, with the fan base. And we're going to go on second year, most likely, just let's just play along with me here, of not making the tournament. And... Uh, I think the last time that happened was what? The early 90s, Joe? I can't remember. It was like 93, 94 or something. <laughs> Does that sound right? You can't remember? I don't know. Okay. I think it was, but don't quote me on that. But anyway, it doesn't happen often. The good news is, is we're not going to finish under 500 this year. I don't think. Uh, it's possible, though, I guess, actually. But. <laughs> <laughs> we won't. <laughs> but. Uh, we still got some games in the, in the hat to play with, and um, you know we'll see what happens. But at the end of the day, I agree. You know, if um, if we can get Judah back, and we get most of these players back next year, I think we're going to be in good shape. You've got this William Patterson, seven two, two hundred twenty pound center uh, from Maryland that's going to come aboard, and you know, that's good size and good size. Maryland or the Bronx? I thought it was the Bronx. Um, Cumberland, Maryland. No. All right. At, um, class of 2023, Bishop Walsh, Cumberland, Maryland. Mm-hmm. And that's a verbal, and you know how I am about the verbals. No, oh, yeah, we well, had another new house guy, you know, talk about him, so. Oh, is this the guy? William Patterson, that was the guy? Mm-hmm. Oh, whoa, okay. Call them garbage. <laughs> I mean, 72220 is the size, bro. I mean, you need another 20 pounds to be dynamic. Are you kidding me? You know what I mean? Yeah. Another 30 would be great, but another 20 of muscle would be, that would be, that would be awesome. Anyway, this show is going way too long. We still got to talk about Pitt. Let's do it now. Yep. Yep. Let's do it. The all-time series between Syracuse and Pitt sits at 74 and 49 in favor of the Orange. A two-point loss at home earlier this season for Syracuse, 84 to 82. Mintz, Gerard, Edwards, Bell, and Williams. You're starting five in that game. Mintz, with a total of 24 points, had himself a night early in the uh, ACC conference play. Since that game in late December, Pitt has gone 11 and four. Losses to Clemson, Duke, Florida State, and Virginia Tech. Uh, Pittsburgh just on Tuesday handled Georgia Tech pretty easily, 76-68. Um, 6'4", 200-pound senior guard Jamarius Burton 
and 6'7", 235-pound forward Blake Hinson. They're both leading the Panthers in scoring each with 15.6 points a game. Nellie Cummings, that's a name we all know, a six-foot senior guard. Um, six-foot, 180-pound senior guard Greg Elliott. They're both averaging 11 points a game. So there's your top four in scoring right there, all in double digits. Uh, Elliott, fifth-year senior, he transferred from um, Marquette after four years to Pittsburgh. Uh, Henson's taken the majority of the three-point shots. I feel like this is worth mentioning. He's... Um, taken 192 he's hit 74 so far this year that's good enough for 38 and a half percent elliot he's tossed up 155 hit 65 that's good enough for 42 percent so far this year which is a high clip for that amount of shots so really good uh pittsburgh as a team is throwing up about 26 threes a game and they're hitting about 35.7 of those uh, they're hitting 45% from the floor, 76, 76.7% from the free throw line, and they are currently 53rd in the net. And that makes this a quad one game on the road. So quad one opportunity, likely the last one of the season. No, it is. Yeah. Unless the ACC tournament. Yeah. Right. Um, so a good quad one opportunity, a decent matchup talking about matchups. I feel like this is a good matchup for Syracuse, but that 26 threes a game is probably, you can probably inflate that number a little bit because that is the tape that they're watching. And, you know, Greg Elliott and, um, Hinson are both hitting Blake Hinson. They're both hitting pretty good clip. So, Throughout the year before Duke and before Clemson, we've had a lot of luck on our side, and the defense hasn't been that bad. We need to get back to that form. The zoo, okay? Uh, a few years ago, we dubbed it the petting zoo because it was that bad. And um, It's back. It's back. And it's a, it's a tough place to play. Uh, I compare it to like a Cameron Indoor setting because they align the floor. They do a really good job in the student section. Um, yep. It's small. They get in there, they pack it, and they're loud, and they're aggressive. So that crowd is back. It's a tough place to play. And uh, Syracuse is going to pull off a quad one game. That's not the best-case scenario. But, Joe, what do you think? Yeah, well, looking back at the first game that we played at home, um, you know, Henson threw up a bunch of threes. He shot up nine, made two, still had 25 points. Nellie Cummings killed us. Uh, he killed he always us does. last year with Colgate, and here he is. You know, he made six of 11 threes uh, when we played at home. And when you look at it, I mean, they shot 40% from the three, and they made 13. We went six to 22 and shot 27%. But the field goal percentage was very close. Um, free throw percentage was close, but they out-rebounded us by nine. So, um, you know, realistically, this this team with, with, with Henson – and Cummings and Greg Elliott, you know, Jamarius Burton and even Federico Federico. I mean, they got a solid five. Um, but it's a situation basically where last game we lost because I mean at some point we were down twenty with ten minutes to go in the second in the second half. And we lost by two. So um we missed a bunch of free throws. We went sixteen to twenty five, so we gotta do better there. We've but been think- we've been. We've we've really cleaned up the free throws. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think this is a game. That, I mean, again, I think that we have the talent to beat every team. It's just what are you going to do on defense? And that's really what it is for me. Um, 
we put ourselves in position to win this game. Um, I think that Judah Mintz, he wants it bad. You see him every single game. He wants it so bad. He's out there trying to will his team. I mean, if you could just get some players out there that look like they want to play just like he does, you know, then I think that we'd be good. But still filling that that void, you know. I mean, back when we played Pittsburgh, this is one of you know Malik Brown's breakout games. You know, Benny Williams is still starting. Chris Bell and him both started, only had 13 minutes. Malik Brown had 27 minutes and ended up with six points, nine rebounds, three assists, a steal, a block. Um, you know, we just got to get back to that kind of stuff. Uh, no doubt, I think they're going to try to kind of copy Clemson and Duke the last two games and how to play against us, but I don't think they have that personnel. So, uh, again, I mean, it's – it's that three-point percentage. It's that getting those those rebounds. It's the things that we know we need to do. It's just, are we going to be able to do it? Um, and the other aspect of it really is is that in between when we played them last and now, Jim Beheim made his comments about teams buying players, and Pittsburgh was one of them. Yeah. So, yeah. So, but there is a team I mean, buying players. Like, literally, there's there's at least one that we know of, there's proof of, and that's Miami. And he, and he mentioned Miami. And that's, that, or he, he, he mentioned Miami, but they were the only ones to say silent, to your point, back when we had a private conversation about that show. Yeah. So, again, um, you know, Pittsburgh, they might have that extra motivation on top of the fact that, you know, they're in the tournament and they're half a game out of first place. They're currently tied with Virginia in second place at 13 and four in the conference. And Miami is at 14 and four. So they have all of that. So we got to be able to get out of our head. We can't go into the mentality of that, like, oh, we're out of the tournament. What was me? And not bring that energy. Um, so, I mean, I challenge the coaching staff to, I don't care who you put in or what the, you know, rotation is. You know, if they're not out there with energy, get them out. That's it. Um, I don't want to see this team just give up. And just wait to the ACC tournament. We still have three more games. We got a home game, our last home game against Wake Forest, where we're going to be having a ceremony for the you know twenty year reunion for our national championship. Like, I want them to close this season out strong. You know, with with this game and then our last two home games, and then whatever happens in the ACC tournament happens in the ACC tournament. But that's let's at least put ourselves in a position where we're going to at least make the NIT, get some extra games. Um, it sucks not getting in the NCAA tournament. But making the NIT is almost like making a bowl game at six and six, right? Like you're not gonna play in a big one, but you it's know those, ex- those extra games. I, can I, help. It's not like a thing I want to like make a habit of settling for, though. I mean, no, absolutely not. But even to Jesse's point, like when you have a team full of freshmen in this day and age, where you got teams bringing in these transfers and stuff, like, um, you know, when you bring in six freshmen and you're starting three of them and relying on so many of them. Then I can I can be okay with an NIC this year, um, and and realistically those extra games are really just going to help those players going into next year. So that's kind of the way I look at that, comparing it to a bowl game, getting those extra practices and kind of giving, you know, the the players that are coming back next year a little bit of a leg up and a little bit of extra time and play and stuff like that. Okay. Fair enough. I mean, that's really. I mean, that's where it is. We we are where we are right now. I mean, we we have to win the ACC tournament to get into the NCAA tournament. But if we finish out strong and go three and zero, we will make the NIT. So, what do you want to do? And as a Syracuse fan, I'm sorry. I know that you know you don't want to settle for the NIT, 
But if you're not going to make the NCAA tournament, I don't want to settle. I don't want to make that the benchmark. It's not the benchmark. I understand. But here I'm we are. Saying, right. Am I talking but about this are. year? Yes, I'm, I'm with and you. And right now, in this situation, we are not in either tournament. Correct. So we can win the next three games, guarantee an NIT, and at least some extra games and some entertainment for us as fans. You know, and more I mean, podcasts I know, for all of you. I mean, I'm you guys love, more sure. podcasts, and, and I'm going to watch the NCAA. <laughs> I always watch the NCAA tournament regardless. Oh, me too. Whether Syracuse is in it or not, right? Yeah. So why not have them involved in another tournament where we have something else to watch? And um, it can help some players get a little bit more confidence going into next year. But the last thing that I'm going to sit here and do is say that, okay, um, I know that we're not going to make the NCAA tournament, so I'd rather just them not even make the NIT. Because to me, that's even worse. Well, absolutely. I just don't know. Some fans might think different. Some fans might think like, oh, there's so many cynical fans now. They just want, they, I mean, I told you, I got a buddy of mine that texted me and he was rooting for Boston College. Boston College, by the way, beat Virginia uh, last night. And it just goes to show that, and they've beat a couple teams that would surprise you. And we beat them twice this year. And that doesn't do anything for us, but it is a point I thought I'd make. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to count for anything at the end of the day. But right. I figured I'd make that point. Uh, <laughs> Boston College uh, would be some good teams. That's what I'm saying. I beat UVA yesterday. That's a big deal. No, they got better wins than us. That's a BFD. Yeah, absolutely. They got better wins than us, but they got a worse record, and we beat them twice. Exactly. So it's, mm-hmm. it's just funny how that works, right? Because Boston around College sucks. Boston College sucks. I'll say it again. Um, people will get upset when you say that on Twitter. It's, it's rude. You're Boston. Um, <laughs> um, so look, okay, look, here I am. And I'm thinking to myself, are you going to really pick Syracuse to win again and be just wrong? Because the last time you picked them to, to, to lose, they won against NC State when you didn't think they could. They did it anyway, just in spite of you. That's my inside voice. I just yeah. said it out loud. Nice. Um, so I think this is a terrible environment for Syracuse. I don't know if many people get upset by the environment, but this place is going to be probably the most obnoxious away game of the year. And agreed, it's, it's going to be the toughest. It's going to be the toughest uh, game as far as crowd goes for the year. And Syracuse has a lot to prove, but they had a lot to prove last game. And Pitt could come in here cocky and lose this thing, and that would be phenomenal. Gosh, I mean, you know, just that would be fantastic. It would be, you know, tournament, no tournament, whatever. You know, to go in there and, and just win this game. Would I would be ecstatic, but I have eyes, and what I see right now is just Syracuse not putting it together, and I'm losing a little bit of faith here. I'm hopeful, but I'm losing faith, and so I don't think they're going to be able to to stop Jesse the way the way that um, Duke and Clemson did, but I do think that they're going to win this game. And I think they're going to practice what they've seen. And I think Syracuse is going to lose this game. And, it, and, it, and it's – let's not forget, too, that Pitt, they – what did they get? 18-point lead on us earlier in the season? We 20. Just, was it 20? Okay. Yep. And we just 20 happened to – 10 minutes to go. Yeah, and we, and we rallied back at home. 
And the crowd had a part in that. And just we rallied back, and, and they were able to just barely sneak it out. This is a whole different scenario. We get behind in this one. It's going to be what we've seen the past two games, where you get within single digits, but it's just not going to be enough because there's going to be a lapse in defense or this or that, or someone's going to hit a timely three, and it's just going to kill the momentum. So I'm going to say 80 to 72 pit. And um, last time I did this, they won. So let's try it. All right. Well, I'm going to play a little bit of the opposite side. Of course. Because although everything that I brought up, it's the Syracuse thing that after something like this happens, they I come back know. and they actually win a game. I know. A tough so, one. A tough one. And a tough one is as well. I think that Judah Mintz, he's on a roll. Let's remember real quick, Jesse, Joe, real Jesse quick. Is, Jesse's... I'm sorry. I shouldn't have interrupted you. I'm sorry. This is a quad one game. Duke and yeah. Clemson were both quad twos. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. So I think, like you said, Jesse, he's going to have, you know, he's not going against the same guys he's been going against the last two games. And uh, I think we're going to see that difference. And at the end of the day, it's a Syracuse thing to do. I think they win 78-72. And then I think we go on to win both our last two games at home. That's just my bold prediction. Did you say that's your bold prediction? My bold oh, okay. prediction. <laughs> okay. I gotcha. Um, this is enough. a Syracuse thing to do. It Sorry. is a Syracuse just... thing to do, and Syracuse hasn't done a Syracuse thing in a while, right? I mean, that's fair to say. They haven't done the Syracuse thing in a while. Here's what I found. Is that me? No. So. Here's what I found. Things to do in Syracuse. Things to do, Armory Square, and the most. The Center Dome. Destiny USA. Dinosaur Barbecue. Erie Canal Museum. Oh, God. Per Siri. All right. (laughs) Syracuse thing to do. All right. Thanks. If you're still listening right now, God bless you. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. Love you guys in the green room. Yeah, appreciate you guys in the green room. You guys know that. David is is been promoted to captain and uh, holds that spot. Got the big C on his shirt for him. No, he's got to see this chef for sure. Appreciate you, buddy. For Joe, I'm Sean. Rock. Peace.